All right, hello, folks, and welcome to the Layman's Guide to the Multiverse, where we dive between the panels and break through the fourth wall. I'm your host, Matt, and with me this week, we got Ed. What's up, man? We got Doug. Wait, like, it, hey, what what's going on? Welcome back from the Shadow Realm, Douglas. <laughs> oh, God. And coming in from the city of Shaolin, we got Paolo. <laughs> okay, you actually... The reason Doug is so confused is because you pulled him out of the Shadow Realm too early. <laughs> oh. He's supposed to come in after I arrive from the Realm of Shaolin. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Crap. You, you've broken my routine. The routine is all I have. Is, is it like a goldfish and I got to put him in like the warm water so he gets custom to the different water temperatures uh, he or just something? Has to, he's just going to keep He's just gonna keep flailing around like a magic yeah. harp for a little while. He'll yeah, be just, fine. Just let me rock in, rock in the fetal position for a little bit. I'll be okay. It's all right, Doug. Eventually, you will blossom into a ferocious Gyarados. Not without a sun to give me, you know, my energy and photosynthesis. All right, we're not going to talk about Pokemon Sun and Moon. This week, we are going to talk about the Dark Phoenix trailer. <laughs> I'm mad that you know that much about Pokemon. <laughs> I'm mad you know that much about photosynthesis. <laughs> yeah, I will say, spoiler alert for this, stars come back into play. What? Yeah. Wait. Okay, anyway. Dark Phoenix trailer. Have you guys seen it? Unfortunately, uh, that's like not, three minutes. I'm never getting back, man. Really? None of you guys are hyped for it. No. Uh, and then the worst part is the worst part is you're saying three minutes that you're never getting back. I've seen multiple trailers that I'm never going to get time back for. So yeah. it's more like six or seven for me. Yeah. Did the X Men movies. You should have seen this coming. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say for starters, I just don't like Sophie Turner as Phoenix uh, or Jean. Just yeah. Just, well, Sophie Turner doesn't like you either, Doug. No. How about that? Um. <laughs> oh wow. no i actually see i am actually in the opposite corner on this i like her as gene uh -huh. i have no issue with her as gene i think as a young gene makes perfect sense but i wish the stories would be fucking better because the stories are miserable yeah uh, you are not wrong it's fox they're punching above their weight we saw what they did with the fantastic four but you know what though mm -hmm. I mean, honestly that trailer it didn't seem that bad to me. I mean, it, it seems like kind of a generic -y, but like, you know, the X-Men kind of gave me a Star Trek vibe with those costumes they got in this movie. Um, the thing is, the trailer didn't tell me enough to believe anything. It, it, it's like, I'm, I watch it, and I'm like, okay, those are some scenes. This movie could, this movie could be terrible, or, or it could be great. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I just have the image of Doug, like, sitting at his computer, clicking on this link, and him being like, this isn't a movie. <laughs> I don't believe this. No, no, I'm not saying it's nope, not a this movie. Didn't happen. Nope, this is a real. She doesn't have psychic powers. She's not a Phoenix lady. We never, we never know. Maybe, maybe it it'll you know be better than X Men Origins Wolverine. You Ooh, know, we got how dare you? Uh, it would okay, be hard not, not to be. Okay, hold on, hold on. Now, where do we rank X Three: The Last Stand with? X Men Origins Wolverine, which one's uh, better? Uh, X Men I, I, Origins. Tell me, tell me that. Tell X Men me that. Origins is better than X Three: The Last Stand. I've only ever oh. seen the unfinished version, like like the, the unfinished like screener of X Men Origins Wolverine. So that's the best X Men movie to me. That movie is hilarious. <laughs> 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 like the, like the, there's that scene. I think Sabretooth is gonna throw uh, uh, Wolverine <laughs> at a uh, like like a garbage truck, and everything just turns into like gray blobs. Like every, everything is just. <laughs> Pixels and polygons. 
You know what? I it's was great. I was actually about to say X Men Origins Wolverine is the worst superhero movie ever made. Then I remembered that they somehow crossbred Deadpool at Baraka. So now that movie is better than Citizen Kane. He's also played by Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> that's true. Perfect casting. Mwah. Ten out of ten. No, that's what I'm saying. Like the best casting choices for all of the X Men franchises came out of that movie. Holy shit! Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. Holy shit! See how Hugh Jackman was selected like two or three movies before that, though. Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm aware of that. Right, fact. He's just the still, cast is the best. The cast See, is oh, still the oh, best. Oh, oh, sorry, I misunderstood. I misunderstood the point you're making. I'm sorry, Bella. Listen to this, listeners. Look how excited we are about a Gene movie that we're talking so about. Excited. The bad X Men movies. I'm a regular Jesse Spano. That's how excited I am. <laughs> so why is why is Gene getting I'm on her own so movie? many caffeine pills? So why is Jean getting her own movie? I mean, like in a in a. She's in not. A this, is not <laughs> this is not even her own movie. She is not the star of this movie. Who is then, Paulo? They said Jean enough in a movie trailer to make me think it's yeah. about her. Uh, I, I believe the star is the best Jeanist from uh, My Hero Academia. Oh, that man wears jeans all the way up to his fucking nose. <laughs> yeah, oh like I'm sorry, Jean Grey's number two. <laughs> But anyway, why is Jean getting her own movie? She was kind of lame in the uh, in the cartoon. She would like you know lift a pebble with her mind and pass out for the rest of the episode usually. And but 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 she would also have an ex orgasm. Uh, excuse you. That's an ex gasm. Get uh, it right. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hey, you better be. Wasted all my good <laughs> jokes on the on the edit that we're not going to use for this. By the way, I, I'm so proud of you, Ed. I would I would say uh, the reason she seems so useless in the cartoon is because they based her on the '60s and early to mid '70s version of Jean Grey, who was kind of useless. Oh, oh, was it like the whole uh, 1960s how they kind of like treated women kind of thing? Mostly, um, ah. there was a secondary explanation. Uh, when Jean Grey, uh, when Jean Grey's powers manifested, they manifested a little early because she saw her best friend get hit and killed by a car, and it was a traumatic incident which kind of triggered Listen, her. Listen, Guy Gardner <laughs> has survived the school bus hitting him. Jean Grey could survive if her best friend getting hit by a car. Guy Gardner was a green lantern g gray's best friend was a little girl you don't know that Doug. <laughs> guy gardner I, had, I had armor underneath those that bowl cut <laughs> both of those things are indisputable facts g gray's best friend a drunk cartoon is stumbling out of a bar let's go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no but anyway so uh this uh seeing that uh was so traumatic to her that it awoke in her powers like a couple years too early she was already i think 10 or 11 or, or 12 something like that but there, she wasn't quite like puberty level where they're supposed to kick in Jean gray woke as fuck she <laughs> too woke <laughs> so woke in fact that uh professor x when they recruited her under the x-men knew that she uh, had both psychic, uh, telepathic, and telekinetic powers, but uh, because of the trauma and his fear of what that psychic awareness could do to her, he put uh, limiters on her so that she only had telekinesis for a while. What a jerk. You, I promise you, Xavier put in those blocks because she just didn't want him to be more powerful than him. Uh, probably. Because he has no legs. <laughs> Also, because he's a yeah, creeper. Yeah, th that's the reason. <laughs> yeah, because he's a creeper wearing two caterpillars over his eyes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> my mind! <laughs> whoa, 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 we'll get there. Don't worry. My Mr. Minds! Part of his superpowers are those ri ridiculous 
eyebrows eyebrows that he has oh god those things are creepy as hell the more <laughs> i control your mind the pointier the bridge gets <laughs> <laughs> he's got eyebrows like that rival the monarchs Ooh, ooh. so so okay so gene uh professor xavier locks her chakra behind all those gates <laughs> um <laughs> Locks that's, that's his mutant way. <laughs> so he locks her up. She's Broccoli. apparently <laughs> Broccoli. So she's apparently super duper powerful. He buffs her, she nerfs her, ah, he nerfs her out the wazoo, makes her weak as hell. Um okay, she has a thing going on with uh Cyclops. Teenage uh, crush. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean any anything else of high level importance to say about Jean? She wants that wolverine dick like uh, so bad uh, well okay yes but also i guess uh, from her introduction until the phoenix saga i guess the most interesting things is that every guy in the x-men seems to really want her <laughs> hmm. dude she's a redhead with mind powers i do love redheads <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you hate mind powers uh, Why are you kick shaming him, Ed? No, no, I'm not. I'm not kick shaming him. I'm just saying that he hates mind powers. I got silent because I was wondering, do I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Confused right. him enough for a minute that he didn't know what the hell he liked anymore. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so can we get into how she exactly becomes the Phoenix? Because she goes crazy. Okay, good enough for me. Uh, That's it, folks. Have a good night. <laughs> Ba, 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 ba. No, because no, I remember the theme song. I know, because because I remember. I can't, the I can't. I can't mimic that sax. <laughs> that's the ending song. Yeah, that, that, well, that's what I. Oh, the, oh you so just I'm, ended I'm, the show I'm, as the in the joke. Speaking of shows, speaking of shows, I have to think back to the uh, Phoenix Saga and the cartoon because I remember that was about the time where I said this is fucking stupid and I stopped watching the X Men cartoon. You know, I, the funniest part about that is that's supposed to be one of their most famous storylines. It is. In in X-Men history. Everything right. that happens from the point where Jean gets the Phoenix to the part where Jean dies as the Dark Phoenix. Spoiler alert. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, well, I guess everybody can just turn to be, tune out now. Yeah, no, that's supposed to be yeah. the most important, like one of the most important stories in, in, in the X-Men. It is. It, it went, even casual X-Men <clears throat> fans who are too young to know to have been around when it happened you tell them like what's what are the biggest x-men storylines and in top three i guarantee you they will say the phoenix saga or the dark phoenix saga which is pretty much the same thing so is the phoenix saga any good no no it's just significant <laughs> it had a lot of character motivating moments that uh, were used later on in much better stories. Like basically, it was the root of a lot of things. Gotcha. So, can you give me a Sparknotes version of the Phoenix Saga? Uh, how how Sparky do you want me to do it? Like do, like a fifteen second synopsis? Like what do you want? Please make sure to include the space bird people. <laughs> oh oh, don't worry. Also also their their space uh, jewelry MacGuffin. I, I, I'm going to mention yes. that as well as the Space Bird People's uh, DC ripoff guard. Oh, that's right. They do. They do have the uh, the Legion of superheroes that they rip off. Don't they? Yeah, they do. And uh, aren't you guys happy to hear me call Marvel a DC ripoff for once? Huh? huh? Dear God, what have I gotten myself into with you I mean, nerds? I mean, you're, you're 
don't know. Actually, to be honest, it was an homage. It was done intentionally, but yeah, they are uh, directly inspired. The Shi'ar Imperial Guard, which are the Shi'ar Empire's, well, they're their Imperial Guard, (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, are directly inspired by DC's Legion of Superheroes. They're uh, future superheroes from the year 3000. Yes. Yes, that yes, is a, they, they, that, they, that is a yes. thing. Yes, the, the yes. Legion of Superheroes got inspired by Superman. Mm-hmm. Do superhero things yeah. in the future. In fact, the leader of the uh, Shi'ar Imperial Guard, Gladiator, is supposed to be when he was introduced at least the last of his race, and he has all, like all Superman's powers and is in, uh, again incredibly powerful. Clearly, dude, he has a G crested on his chest. Wait, okay. is, Gladi- is Gladiator supposed to be uh, Marvel Superman? Uh, he's one of Marvel's Superman. Uh, okay. I um, fucking hate that, man. I don't want to derail you, but I, I hate like the, oh, it's DC's the Hulk or it's Marvel's Superman. No, fuck you. It is what it is, man. Like, the- But the thing is, is when he's a jobber. Don't, don't even. Uh, all right. <laughs> anyway, the point is. What, uh, am I thing- wrong? No, but the last thing I was just going to say is to show you like how much it is clear that they, it was a direct homage uh, Gladiator's real name in his race's tongue is a mix of Superman's two names, Clark and Kal-El. His name is Kal-Ark. That's stupid. Uh, I, I, I don't <laughs> yeah, disagree. So is his haircut. The dude's got a giant broom on his head. Uh, no, that man has the most epic mohawk of of life, man. Hey, hey, look, man. Considering our stance on Guy Gardner, I can see us getting behind him, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Now, yeah, Gladiator's pretty much, uh, he's got Superman's power set, but it's, it fluctuates based on how competent he is. Okay, okay, so anyway, do you want me to actually give you like a 15-second synopsis and then we'll break it down a little more? Yeah, yeah, that sounds yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Jean Grey gets possessed by a cosmic entity in space. She comes back more powerful than ever. Then she is brainwashed and manipulated by uh, a bondage club of evil mutants. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's accurate. Yeah, she goes a little crazy. Uh, a little. Okay, she goes a lot crazy, but she goes crazier later. I was trying to save some. Uh, she goes a lot crazy and kind of wreaks her havoc, and then she depletes her energy, so she shoots off into space after she after breaking free of the te- uh, other quote unquote telepaths uh, abilities. And then she's like, I need some energy. So she flies to a solar system in the Shi'ar galaxy and eats a star, which uh, is not good for the planet orbiting it with civilization on it. She kills a planet with billions of people on it. Generally, eating stars is not a good thing unless you are a plumber from New York City. That does help. Uh, (laughs) But if you're going to eat stars, eat them responsibly. Do not have populated orbiting planets. (laughs) Pretty sure that plumber is high on shrooms. (laughs) Uh, It works on two levels because, hi, he grows. Anyway, so she goes back to Earth. Then they get involved with this alien uh, race, the Shi'ar. And she helps them solve uh, an issue with a space MacGuffin called the Emkron Crystal. Don't worry about it. It's just a powerful cosmic artifact. <laughs> uh, but she uses her Phoenix powers to help fix it so that it doesn't uh, make the universe go kablooey. Then she puts in some self-dampeners on her power because she realizes, like, hey, like, you know, I'm crazy powerful and this whole alien sector knows it. I'll, like, I'll, I'll be good, promise. Uh, they go back to Earth. 
and um, I'm sorry, I actually did that out of order. She ate the star after this, uh, because actually repairing the Amcron crystals what drained her so much. And so then she eats a star, kills the planet, and the Imperial Guard shows up on Earth going, uh, yeah, no, this isn't going to work, you being this whole cosmic death god thing. So uh, we're killing you. But uh, Xavier uh, challenges uh, the Empress of the Shi'ar Empire to a duel. A, yeah, to, uh, to a right uh, in their race that literally cannot be declined. And also, he knew that because he's telepath. And uh, wasn't he banging her too? Um, I'm not sure if he was yet. To be honest, it's been a long he time totally since I read it. So how he, does that work? One of the things I do have to add, by the way, the Shi'ar Empress looks like this '80s cartoon called the Silverhawks. Yo, yo, she does. She does, right? You are not wrong. You're goddamn right. <laughs> no, she is the Silverhawks. She is the Silverhawks. Tally Ho also- or whatever they're fucking. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> catchphrase was. <laughs> oh, okay. So just, it, I'm pretty much done. Uh, so they challenge that, and then they fight on the blue area of the moon. That's another reference to Marvel, but basically, it's an area of the moon that has oxygen. Uh, yeah, sure. The, the reasons are important, but for other, you know, characters, it's not important for this. Uh, so they have this massive X Men versus the Imperial Guard battle for Phoenix's life. Uh. The X-Men lose it pretty badly. Uh, Jean and Cyclops are the last two left. And after seeing, uh, after realizing what would happen to Cyclops and everybody else, Jean, she sacrifices herself to stop the device that uh, the Shi'ar had set up as a failsafe that would blow up the solar system to ensure that even if they lost, she died because it was too important to entrust to a, a trial. And uh, she sacrifices herself to save Cyclops and also, I guess, the solar system. And that is the end of the Phoenix Saga. What the fuck are the writers on? <laughs> what did I tell uh, you? What did I tell you? It was the 70s, man. Like, we were... No, like, it, was we, the late, it was the 80s, dude. It, it, it was the early 80s. Wait, it was 79 and 80, wasn't it? Or was it 80 and 81? Oh, 80? no. The, the worst of both decades in terms of drugs, then. <laughs> Shit, weed and a lot of and a lot of coke. Yeah, no kidding. The 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 guys were doing coke in 1979. It became 1980, and they were started doing lewds. Uh, dude, you could su- you all right? And this is part of the reason why it is so difficult to make a solid Phoenix movie, um, as it were, is because there is there are so many little stupid like nonsensical things that happen as part of this saga. Like Xavier just, banging a bird lady. Don't, like, like, exa- how does that work? He has no legs. <laughs> I, I, I want to say that he got his um he got his uh, uh, ability to walk back. I think at some point. From what? Uh, I don't know which uh, dude, time I don't was know this. Which comics. No, no. What I was going to say is which time. Like, yeah, no, because it's not the first time that he's. I remember when he uh exa- had the big yeah. fight with Magneto, where he was just like, oh fuck you, you I can't let you do this ever again, yeah. and he like turns him into a vegetable. Are you sure you're not confusing it with that episode in Star Trek where Picard gets laid? I <laughs> maybe I am, but not for those reasons. And <laughs> uh, no, no, but Xavier's uh, been able to walk at like three or four different points in his canon. Like he just keeps going from cripple to non-cripple over and over. And meh, I don't know why he will always be a cripple to me. 
<laughs> really? Damn it, Paolo. Really I, was take, I was taking a drink. Damn it, Paulo. <laughs> <laughs> Xavier will always be a cripple to me. That's kind of it's kind of a crazy thing to say. It's like, hey, yeah, I like you better when you were disabled from the waist down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, every time he gets his leg back, he does something horrible. Like what? Kick people? Actually, uh, Polo's right. Yeah, yeah. Tell me I'm not wrong. <laughs> I can walk to... again. Time to dick it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, time to dick around. No. Okay. So one time he got his he got use of his legs back. He fucking turned Magneto into a goddamn vegetable. Okay. Arguably, I don't Magneto think I don't think it. these things like correlate though. Like just because he's got his legs back doesn't mean he's a terrible person. Like, no. Was that time in the Savage not... Land when he got his legs back and he he was running around. I'm, I'm just saying. Getting chased I, by dinos. I, I've noticed that uh, Xavier's had a lot of quasi-semi-villainous moments in the past, and I just noticed I feel like a disproportionate amount of them happen when he could walk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tell me not. Tell me not. I would then, argue that he, like him him lusting after Gene uh, during the original X-Men runs fucking creepy, too, with his oh, giant no. caterpillar that, eyebrows oh, and oh, hair. No, 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 that, that, that's super 16. That's, I'm just, ima I'm super just imagining in the comics, like, you know, he gets his ability to walk, but he goes, ha, now I'm going to torch an orphanage with these new legs. <laughs> All right. So we have... He torches the place and runs away. Yeah. All right. So, guys, we, we've talked about Gene's origin. Uh, we've talked about uh, her seeming irrelevance. And then her biggest moment in the history of her character, the Phoenix Saga. Um, we've at least briefly summarized that. We can go into more depth afterwards. But does this not seem like a good time for a break? It's an excellent time for a break. Mike! God, I can walk! Ah. We'll be back. Excited for that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, not, not really. You're extremely but... excited for that? <laughs> Look, it's okay. It's not, it's not genocide. It's an extermination. God, I hate you guys and your stupid ex-puds. Uh, disregard him. That was excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're taking a break now. All right, and we're back. So we've been talking about the Phoenix Saga in preparation for the Dark Phoenix movie. Uh, so what we've discussed so far is, well, I think the only way we can summarize it is the writers at Marvel got hopped up on a whole lot of late 70s drugs, looked at the hood decal of a 1978 Pontiac Firebird and <laughs> used it for inspiration. Uh, you're very close. Um, they weren't hopped up on 1970s drugs. They were hopped up on the 1970s. Ah, even yeah, they're coming, they were coming back from the 1970s, realizing that they're moving now to the 1980s. Gotcha. And they were not transitioning well. So <laughs> what better way to transition to the 1980s than to take a character who's kind of been getting shit on for the last 20 some odd years, get her possessed by some sort of space ghost and kill all the X-Men except Cyclops? <laughs> <laughs> well, she didn't kill any of the X-Men in this. But... No, she, she did not. Not yeah. I, me I meant the writer. This version oh, of the oh. story. 
I, I'm, I'm talking about the riders who were on a absurd amount of drugs and staring at no, the no, no, 1978 no. Pontiac Firebird. Excuse you. The, the writers of the X-Men, the animated series had to have been on a ton of drugs, but we'll get there in a minute. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah. Okay. So I, I gotta say one of the reasons that like we, and I, 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 we all, I feel dislike this story for different reasons. That is fair. Um, because we've, we've discussed it kind of, in the past, but to, to kind of clarify, at least why I dislike it. Um, I, so in preparation for this episode, I reread, I, I should say I read the story because my first exposure to it was the animated series. <laughs> then I watched, then I watched X3, the last stand. <laughs> and then I read the comic. Um, wow. Yeah, which yeah, say, which, story which was the worst sucks. version of it? Which was the worst version of it for you? Ah, uh, um, I think X3. I think yeah, X3. X3 is even worse than the comic. X3 no. is worse than the comic. Okay, X3 is worse than the comic because at least the comic tried to have moments. The comic has the excuse of being before yeah. Watchmen existed. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not just that, but also the fact that the comic itself, it, 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 it tries to do something. What it tries to do, I honestly couldn't tell you because I kind of halfway through the story i'm like this is so dumb it's a space uh, so proper because uh, they it beat me to it what i was going to say is that much like they've kind of always been written besides the being an allegory for civil rights uh x-men has always been a soap opera in comic book form and there are story elements to the phoenix saga where if somebody took that plot a good writer and rewrote it today they could make that incredibly interesting uh, storyline. The problem was, is this was the early 80s, so you had early 80s dialogue. You had early 80s comic book stylings. Yeah, early early 80s is hard to read, man. It really is. In it, their defense, this was the pre-Photoshop days. You know, like... It, don't, like the it's, art not, yeah, it's not about the art. Okay, the layout <laughs> of the art is what bothers me. The oh, art well, itself not for me, is anyway. nice. The layout of the art bothers me. Like, I've actually had a hard, and we've discussed this before, I have a hard time reading comics from before maybe 19, the like 90s. the late 1980s. Like, some of the 90s, too, I still have some problems reading, but I can get, I can, I can get through them. Like, I, and I know I, Doug hates me for this, oh. do not think that Watchmen is oh. as great as everybody makes it out to be. Part of it isn't due to that. I don't hate you. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and I feel like we've had this discussion too that, like, we're hitting a point of where we are, um, I guess, just as a society or a culture or with the medium in general, that, like, Watchmen doesn't have the cultural impact anymore because it's old or 30 years or however fucking old it is. Um, it's also no but, longer it's relevant. It was a Cold War. To, uh, it was a Cold War allegory written during the Cold War. Right, right, right. Um, I mean, I, I just mean in general that like the cultural significance of what that did for the like the the medium itself. Everything does that now. Fair. That's kind of the standard. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Like like comics are no longer just for kids. Oh, and, uh, and, fact, and a lot I think of they've the stuff further away from kids. Right, right, right. Um, and that that's kind of the issue with a story like this. Yeah, it had where, to be like, written for children as well. Yeah, that, that there it is. It had to be written for children as well because they were trying to get away from it but didn't know how. Exactly. And that's that's hard to do. Yeah. I mean, you could do that in in a lot of um, in in visual media where 
you know, things are moving around like in, in, in cartoons, you can do it a lot in, uh, in movies, but it's gotten harder to do it in comics. It's, it's also it was- harder when you're already an old school at that point, comic writer, like who grew up in another time. That's also true. Now, here's my question now. Okay, so that explains why the comic book is so bad. Why did it suck in a cartoon and an X3? Um, I wouldn't say that the cartoon was bad per se. Also, um, again, for children. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I watched through the Dark Phoenix saga um, in preparation for this. It is literally the same story. I mean, they changed some things like the, um, the, uh, mutant, the, the evil mutant bondage club. Uh, isn't called the Hellfire Club. They're the Inner Circle because you're not going to use. Is the... that what they're called? They're they're not called the Hellfire Club. They're, they're, no. not, allowed, they're not allowed to say Hell. No. Yeah. They, yeah. They're definitely not going to use Hellfire as a name for something in a, a kids show in 1995. They could have um, said Heckfire. <laughs> the Heckfire <laughs> Flames Club. <laughs> that that's what Rocco's modern life oh, did. Wait, that's <laughs> right. That's why you keep saying that Emma Frost is dressed like a Viking queen. Uh, she's a Viking witch. Excuse you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My mistake. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Emma Frost is a very powerful uh, telepath. psychic telepath, um, but she also dresses like a bondage queen. Mm-hmm. Dominatrix. Yeah, dominatrix, if you will. Uh, you know, except in white. And, He's the white uh, queen of the Hellfire Club. The, the white queen of the Hellfire Indeed, the white queen of the Hellfire Club. And they had to change that for the the Dark Phoenix saga on TV because you can't have a dominatrix mm-hmm. on Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> no, and, she and, is a <laughs> fuzzy witch lady. Yeah, and just to slightly uh, uh, elaborate upon that, the reason she's the White Queen is the Hellfire Club has a hierarchy based around chess pieces. Yes. So there's a white and black king, a white and black queen, and then there's knights, bishops, rooks, etc. So one of, one of the things I, I feel like we need to uh, w- kind of rewind a little bit to when Doug gave us our quick 60-second version of the oh yeah, the yeah, yeah. entire Phoenix Saga. Please do. Is, um, the Dark Phoenix Saga is what we're tr- going to try to focus on uh, with this part of the episode. And the Hellfire Club plays a major factor in that they're essentially the ones who drove... Jean Grey crazy. They, like, yeah. they drove her insane. The Phoenix Force. Yeah, they, exactly. They, they pervert the, the Dark Phoenix. Yeah, they pervert the Phoenix Force, specifically the character of Mastermind, <gasps> who uh, actually would do some kind of psychic telepathy yeah. illusion yeah. to Jean yeah. and yeah. make her believe that she was a uh, she was reliving a past life. It, exactly. And that this is the, the this man, Jason Wingard, was the man that she was supposed to be in love with. Right. And Jean being a um, I think she might have been like 18, 19 at this point. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, what I age. don't. I don't think they specify ages. But they, they never hope, specify hopefully, any. she was an adult. I, w- I would hope that she. That is why she's so freaking naive. Like, oh, let me. Oh, I'm falling back in time and reliving past lives. At the same this time, must be though, totally normal. At the same time, the way they dress her up in that in the Hellfire Club, I hope she's legal at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they kind of ha- the way that they handle that in the cartoon, um, not only is the entire inner circle, they're dressed like uh, they're, they look like they're all, like they've got like powdered wigs, they're all kind of yeah. they're, they're all powdered wigs, they're all kind of dressed for Ren Faire. Right. Um, the men are how like dare you? how dare yeah. you the, the men not are like all... foppish gentlemen or nobility and the women are dominatrices <laughs> not all regular people dress up in foppish wigs i'm okay? just saying i'm just saying that they are all right stop if you stop want shaming to shaming the ren fair people I'm not if you want shaming the ren fair people i'm not ren fair properly if you do it want to do it properly you get the powdered wig okay paulo the powdered wigs are not necessary 
All right, if I go to, to Ren Fairs. Right? I go to Ren Fairs. I don't wear a powdered wig. Clearly, not... you're going to the wrong ones. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're clearly not going to mutant sex dungeons either. Yeah. Like, yeah so seriously. basically, like, wait, but that's, are, that's are a your party wig... that I have not been to. You're missing have out, you? bro. Yeah. Are, are your wigs just unpowdered, Polo? <laughs> yes, they're unpowdered wigs. Peasants. I don't. <laughs> Peasants. Okay. Fucking back cheap. to back to what the. <laughs> Yeah, what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Man, so, this is this is crazy. So, so Doug tells us, Doug tells us about the Hellfire Club, which, which, uh, ironically enough, in X three, never happens. Don't exist. Does not exist. Does not compute. Did not translate. No one fucking bothered to introduce them. Jean Grey just magically reappears at the beginning of the movie. Murders Cyclops. <laughs> And then murders Professor Xavier, and then Magneto's just like, I'm gonna use you for my for my Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Yeah. Again, somehow the 80s comic was better than that movie. Yo, how <laughs> was the 80s comic? Okay, don't get me wrong. Like, there were signs that the movie could have been good. And obviously, I've I I haven't gone into this because there's that whole thing with X3 where they lost the director halfway through and then they went to Brett Ratner and that was a whole big mess. <laughs> Don't get me started. They lost Brian Singer and got B-R-E-T the rat. <laughs> I like it. And and it just becomes a shit show. X3 is just yeah, because she catches the uh, she catches the Phoenix Force like you'd catch uh, measles hanging around a bunch of unvaccinated children. Ooh. Well, no, in 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 the in that version of it, she is the Phoenix. They never specifically mention her to be the Phoenix Force, but what they do is they uh, extend it so that she pretty much this dark energy is part of who she is. It's mm. her um, untapped mutant potential. Not just her untapped mutant potential, but her um, un, un what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I know in in it was Freudian, Super Saiyan version three Freudian psychology they call it the id. Um, it's just pretty much her just her base desires and instincts manifested into what she wants. That's mm. why the first thing that she does when she wakes up after be, after murdering Cyclops is grabbing Wolverine's junk nice yeah she was yes. driven by her impulses yeah exactly so it would be the freudian psychology that would be considered the id so again that is kind of that that is where they translated that in x3 from her going crazy and then shooting off into the into the farthest reaches of space and eating a star she did it because she wanted to she did it because she's a jerk yeah, she did it because she's a freaking jerk. And that's what caused the Silverhawks to come <laughs> and try <laughs> and try to try to try to try try to kill her. Yeah. Because they weren't gonna stand for that. So, does anybody know if the Silverhawks were inspired by the Shi'ar? Is like is this because like I feel like if the, the, the Shi'ar were were in the comics in the eighties and then the Silverhawks came out in what, eighty three, eighty four? Uh, Shi'ar were in the seventies, seventy-seven, I think. Oh, so God the Shi'ar, the Shi'ar Never mind. was Forget there before it. So that means that means the Silverhawks might have borrowed from the Shi'ar, for all we know. Fortunate. Yeah. Well, regardless, whatever the whatever the case may be. So that's that's 
that is what happens. So then oh. she she comes back. She puts on her limiter. She's like, I can't keep doing this. I'm going crazy. I'm losing my mind. Blah, 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 blah. My, mind. Saying, my <laughs> mind. My mind. <laughs> ah, I can't. I can't imitate her exgasms, so I won't try to because I don't no, think it's anybody. Our li- I don't think that's anything our listeners ever want to hear. You don't know that. Uh, if you guys do want to hear me exgasm, <laughs> uh, please uh, never ever say that out loud. Hey man. Hey man uh, uh, alternatively, a- PayPal him. Uh, PayPal him. You can send us an email. At, uh, <laughs> we don't kink shame here. We're a kink shaming free podcast. <laughs> All right. So, so and just to, just to summarize then further what she is. So then she she tries to put a limit on herself. She comes back to Earth. Everyone's all, oh, yay, Jean's back. Hooray. Yay. Hooray. hooray. Yeah. And then the, the Silverhawks show up with the, the <laughs> fake legion of superheroes. <laughs> and they're like, you must die because you destroyed a star in our galaxy. <laughs> and then and Xavier's, like, oh, no. yeah, Xavier's like, ah, not so fast. I know because I have probed your brain without your knowledge, <laughs> that you have an alien ritual that you are not legally allowed to decline. <laughs> also speaking of probing, it might feel weird when you try to walk again. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's what he told, that's what he told Liliandra. <laughs> oh, Liliandra is the empress of the Shi'ar Empire, by the way, yes. who uh, sleeps with Charles Xavier. Yes. Yeah. It's a so very, how the hell, very soap opera. <laughs> how in the hell are they going to make this into a one and a half hour movie? Well, I would love to know because uh, if I recall correctly, I believe um, they are introducing the character of Liliandra in this story. Really? There is. There is. If I remember correctly, they have. Hold on. I'm looking it up right now. Dark Phoenix cast. I'm just. That just blows my mind. I thought they would just totally ignore the alien aspect well, of Jessica that Chasta- Jessica Chastain is playing a character named Smith, who if you look at her, when you see her in the trailers, she's supposed to represent the thing that teaches her about who the Phoenix is. Oh, the white-haired uh, one. Yes. Oh, I actually thought that was uh, that was going to be Emma Frost. I didn't know who the hell that was supposed to be. Not for nothing, I hope that if they do in- include uh, the Shi'ar and Lelandra in the movie, like the, the mm-hmm. new one. Uh, mm-hmm. They do what the um, the cartoon did. So uh, one of the things, or one one of the ways that, um, or I, I should say, in the in the cartoon, Emma Frost gets a bunch of information, right? Like she she knows what's been going on with um, with Jean. She's got a bunch of like inner workings with like Cerebro, or she she has she has knowledge of a bunch of the inner workings with Cerebro and a bunch of other stuff that like there's no reason, like no rhyme or reason why she would have it. Or Except, really, well, it's, it's she's just a exposition. Well, right, <laughs> but she she hasn't been in the, in the vicinity of the X Men. Um, or if anything, Xavier should have mental blocks and things like on the school. Really, uh, it's just there as, as ex, um, what's the exposition. Word Thank you for the cartoon itself. Ex- <laughs> exposition. Yes. <laughs> oh boy. But one of the characters asks them. They're like, "How do you know all this?" And she's like, "I got it from from Xavier's computer." They're like, "What?" She's like, "Yeah, he's super stressed out and things. So like, all of his all of his mental defenses are down. I just got all, I just plucked it all from his face, right?" <laughs> one, of, one of the things that has him super stressed out is he's getting these mental visions. And one of them is of a spooky spaceman that's trying to contact him. Uh, that spooky spaceman ends up being uh, Lelandra. But, the, <laughs> conver- but, but the, like, the, the, the telepathic conversation he has with her, because um, he's kind of like spilling his guts to her. Mm-hmm. You're the only one I could talk to, alien voice. <laughs> <laughs> but he's so stressed out, and like he he's getting hit with all these images of like what the phoenix is going to do, and he's just like ah, 
You're driving me insane. <laughs> mind, mind. You're tearing me apart. Oh, wait, wrong oh, movie. So good. No, I hope there's that. Uh, that there's another plot point early in the uh, the, the four part Phoenix saga where uh, Wolverine's looking for salami. <laughs> As they yes, want there's to porn. do. There's they like they go and they they show you. Uh, they're doing like stress tests on uh, on Gene, who's still possessed by the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're they're trying to either uh, eject the Phoenix Force from her or just get more information. Uh, who she then sends out like a like a dis- like a mental distress signal to to Scott, who's hanging out with with Gambit. Oh yeah, that's another thing that they they constantly have is there's a um this weird mental connection between uh Scott and Gene where they constantly share information with each other. Oh, I mean, it's not that's weird. Can- they- no, that's canon. Yeah, no, that's canon. Yeah, that is. Canon. Uh, they call it their psychic rapport. Oh, that's what it's called. The psychic uh, rapport. Yeah, he actually so he says that so too. She, Xavier. she didn't feel the psychic rapport when he was giving it to Emma. Ooh. Oh. My bum, mind. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, so like he he uh, Scott goes to get up and he's like, I gotta go get a hold of Jane. Like, uh, so that th- there's a dumb conversation with him and Gambit, who's like, "Don't worry about Jean; she's all in your head." It's like, "Ha, ah, she is." Um, <laughs> Jean's all in my head. Oh my god! That's but terrible. they pan back. They pan back to the apartment. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm skipping a couple of scenes here. It's fine. They pan back to the apartment, and Wolverine's just hanging out, just like in jeans and a fucking wife beater, and he's, "Where's that salami? I smell it." And he's he's like digging through the fucking fridge, finds the giant thing, and he's like, "Ah, good." All this needs to be is sliced, and he's cutting it now with his fucking claws. Like it's, <laughs> how does that even? Is, is this really a major plot point yeah, for dude, this dude, story? No, no, this happens for like, like it's a three-minute thing. I'm more bothered over the fact that he's cutting up food with his claws because it comes like, out of his skin and blood. Do, do you ever see him washing them? <laughs> no. Do you know that came up in a comic book actually, like a couple months ago. Uh, like I, Iceman was talking to Wolverine, and Wolverine was like uh, cutting, like uh, I don't know, it was some kind of food. I forget what it was uh, with his claws and offered it to people. And he's like, "Is that sanitary?" And he's like, "I don't know. Do you want to find out personally?" <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. You know what I just realized? If he's got hot claws, you know, the fire claws, they, they probably sanitize. Oh, man. Hot claw life. Hot takes, hot takes from the layman's guide to the multiverse. Uh, wait, there is one. Hot life, yeah. hot claw life equals sanitary food. That's Ooh. fair. But, you know, we're, we're, we're running uh, towards our end uh, point, and there's something we still should bring up. Okay, so we talked about the quality of the story on its own, but what we're might be overlooking and we should really uh, point out is all of the precedents and roots uh, that this story had that were used later to branch out into other storylines like the Phoenix Force now uh, from that story where it was introduced by Chris Claremont as like this one story element for this one thing and it never existed before the Phoenix Force is now something that is relevant to the entire Marvel Universe and that other characters, non-mutants, have to deal with and is a force considered to be like as potent and as powerful and as dangerous as Galactus. You mean like that time that Cyclops blew off Xavier's face with it? Uh, exactly. That was one of those times. Wait, Galactus, you mean that big giant cloud from the second Fantastic Four movie? <laughs> exactly. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I knew it. I, uh, I just so, I know he's fucking with me and it still hurts. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Ultimate Galactus doesn't make me angry. No, it doesn't, but the cloud from the movie does. 
<laughs> but I just find it funny though that they're going in this direction uh, by using the Phoenix Saga, which okay, yeah, sure, maybe it's not the best story on several different uh, factors, but what it did give comic book fans was a good starting point for other great uh, stories and stuff like that. But right. that, isn't the X-Men movies going to die after this movie? Yeah, I, I think so. But you uh, know, but to focus on that, the real point, though, what you just said is, yes, is so many elements of the Phoenix Saga have become so intertwined with the X-Men mythos that whether or not you think it was a good story, it was so important that it was too relevant to be ignored. It's a story that doesn't hold up. I'm, I'm sure, like, I can't even say I'm sure. It was good when it came out. It just so doesn't hold you, up. So yeah, what you're trying to I tell agree. me is that it's the, basically what the Phoenix Saga is to X-Men is to the first two seasons of Next Gen to Star Trek. First one, at least. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there were some good ones from the second season. But, but yes. Mm. Yeah. Basically, a, a great premise with a good cast that did not have the chemistry, the synergy, or the writing yet. Yeah. So basically, suffer through Phoenix Saga if you want to get into X-Men. Right. But it's still... Like, actually, you should get into X-Men first, and then when you're braced and love the characters and are ready to go back into the mythos and learn about the history, then you read it. Because then you're like, oh, this sucks, but at least I get this now. <laughs> mm, gotcha also what I think is the most important takeaway from that story how much Wolverine loves salami yeah buddy redhead and salami his two favorite things alright <laughs> folks I think this is a good time to wrap it up Bet a good time as any alright then thanks you all for listening in and uh, see you again in two weeks questions, a topic you would like us to cover, or wish to simply tell us all the facts we screwed up, feel free to contact us at layman's guide to the multiverse at gmail.com. Also, feel free to visit our website at layman's guide to the multiverse.com. Our intro music is Dance Rocket, off the album Descent of the Goober Monster by Jesse Spillane and is licensed under an Attribution 4.0 International CC by 4.0 license off http colons forward slash forward slash freemusicarchive.org Our intermission music is Crinoline Dreams by Kevin McLeod off incomptech.com licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license http colon forward slash forward slash creative commons.org forward slash license forward slash by forward slash 3.0 forward slash and our outro music is miami nights extended theme also by kevin mcleod off incomtech.com license under creative commons by attribution 3.0 license http colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash license forward slash buy forward slash 3.0 forward slash